more against like every time I hear something about it, I'm like, it sounds like a non-issue. <laughs> um, do you want to talk about NFTs? I understand NFTs. Uh, I would love to. Uh, I, I would love to know more. And uh, someone who I think uh, understands the blockchain gang much more than than I do. All I all I understand is the uh, the the cliff notes of it all. <laughs> I'm not an expert, but this is how an NFT works, and the reasons that they're important. The number one thing that NFTs are is art and you can tax write off art. It's a, it's a thing. It's an actual purchase. That it's a purchase inventoryable art, which is a tax write off. So you can write off a hundred thousand dollars of art a year in case you didn't know that. Um, so that. it is a tax loophole. And the other thing about NFTs is that they are a, um, and everybody's like, well, if you just screenshot it, now you own it. And it's like, no. No. <laughs> that's, but the, that, that's not how that works. Yeah. So there's, I mean, I think NFTs are kind of dumb, but at the same way, they're an uh, impressive loophole of society. So there's, I think the the big one that feels more scammy every day. Um, the big NFT that's out right now, that's where we're at, right? The big NFT that's out right yeah. now is um, the one that's worth discussing is called, I think it's called Board Ape Yacht Club, something like that. Okay. Um, it's roughly like a quarter million dollars each to buy one, um, depending on the price of Ethereum at any given point in time. But what you get, and this is the thing that people don't understand about NFTs, is that when you buy an NFT, inside of the NFT, if you want, can be embedded anything anything can just be put in there and a lot of times they're traded on this platform called OpenSea, and OpenSea just straight up says do you want to put a link in here and so what people are doing is building hidden communities inside of an nft so if you buy the board at yacht club you get access to their discord server and the people who own these are people like snoop dog jimmy kimmel like and now you're just in discord with them and so um, it's like, that's the thing that I think people don't really grasp about the power of an NFT is the link. And you could do other stuff too, but having a link in an NFT opens up a lot of shit. And I think that mm -hmm. from like a, a creative standpoint, an art standpoint, anything, people are starting to get very creative about businesses and NFTs. Um, I know music producers are selling an NFT of like their album cover, but as long as you hold it, you get a percentage of their percentage of royalties. So there's like weird hold things like that. Or hold it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's it's like um NFTs are really interesting because there's there's ways to set them up to cause people to really want to own it for like investment things. Like there's there's other NFTs okay. that generate um, small crypto coins, like uh, very small crypto coins every day. So every day that you hold it, you generate a coin. There's like, there's very bizarre things, but I think the surface level of an NFT is people who are just like, why would I pay for this piece of digital art? And it's like, dude, that's not even the thing you're really fucking getting. And that's what people don't understand yeah. is it's like, you're getting a piece of digital art, but you're also getting um, like tons of other stuff. 
Well, and it seems like, uh, as far as I un understand with them, like, so like, what started my thought process on this is I got given a free NFT for backing a Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. And the Kickstarter, and like, I have to set up a, a book and a wallet and all that shit. And I'm like, okay. I can get this. It's like, but the people are mad. Like the people are furious at the Kickstarter creator for even doing this. And he's kind of a dick for like fighting with them about it. Instead of just being like, take it or leave it. Who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like he's just like, here's my fucking, uh, 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 like, what, what's that called when when you write uh, a manifesto? Here's my manifesto of why I think the Anthromancer board game needs to have an NFT. <laughs> and like yeah. everybody just like is so turned off by it. Um, and I and I'm like, I kind of want to get it. I, like if it's a free thing, I should get it. And yeah. it should like it should be something that I had. But I guess I I always thought an, uh, an NFT was a single item that nobody else could have the same one. That so, it like, is that, but it's could, more than that. So everybody gets a free one of this NFT who backed it. So if they want it, it's there. So it means that there's like 130 of them in, in the wild mm -hmm. and there, there will only be 130 of them in the wild. Um, it's, I don't know. I'm, I'm like very interested, but like also like, I don't need the outrage machine coming after me getting like, like tertially excited about something like oh this is kind of interesting and like not looking too deep into it and somebody's like well actually you're fucking over the environment when like i i'm at this point where i'm like are we really fucking over the environment anymore because like <laughs> blockchain's here to stay yeah. they're not going away like it's only getting better and less like system heavy to do so it's like is that really a good argument for a whole new economy uh, against a whole new economy i think at one point in time yes but now it's it's changing so i don't think it is anymore and i just don't want to have to defend a stance <laughs> you know i don't want to have to be like already on my heels on something when i'm just like i want a pretty digital picture that you know shows that i supported a thing like i don't know it's it's a weird one i my friend how you doing today <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, man. I'll I'll close the NFT thing with my final thought on it. I think okay. Um, as gimmicky as it feels, and there is some very shady NFT shit, just flat out. Sure. The fact that sure. it's a tax write-off, a lot of the the sketchy shit going on with crypto to begin with. There's a lot of scammy stuff in the world. Beyond those very relevant things, to just be like fuck NFTs, which are fair arguments. Totally fair, sure. The future of creatives being able to use NFTs as a resource is great. And I think it's like it opens a new loophole of like how creative can you be? So like there's ways to set it up. So every, like if you sell an NFT, like, you know, photographers, if they just have a really cool exclusive picture, they can put that up. And every time it gets traded, they collect a royalty on it. There's a way to set that up. There's there's some very interesting ways yeah, to make. Yeah, you can set that's your own royalties. Yeah, you set you set whatever. So somebody trades it. Uh, you get a percentage of whatever that is, whatever the sale price is, you can set a percentage of that sale. Um, so that's mm. an interesting way to use NFTs. And the other interesting thing that's very hobby specific, I get asked all the time and I don't like making tutorials. We've talked about this a lot. I'm not a tutorial person. I don't think it's exciting content, but I understand the desire to want it. But also at the same time, I have this very bizarre, whether it's right or wrong, 
perspective that's like, I don't owe you shit for an explanation about how I painted this, especially for free. So I've thought, <laughs> and I've been toying with the idea recently that I could just sell a tutorial inside of an NFT and say, if you really want it, you fucking buy my tutorial. And there's only one of them in the world. There's the tutorial. You get access to it. And it is for this one specific style of how I paint this miniature, right? Like, you know, I could sell my Alpha Legion scheme inside of an NFT, and then that person can learn it and be like, okay, cool, this is awesome. Put it on the market, sell it. And then when they sell it, I collect uh, royalty off that, and then the next person can learn it. And it just keeps going. So there's some... Huh. There's some interesting ways to use NFTs. I think it's I think it's very it's a very cool option for creators to figure out ways to make additional income. But I think that there's a lot of red flags that are totally fair to be freaked out about. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, interesting. I, I'm I'm glad that I brought this up because it has been on my brain a lot and uh, uh the creators of the movie blood machines which is actually like not a good movie but has a great soundtrack and is visually very stunning they're doing an nft thing on it i'm like okay everybody's getting into the nft game now it's starting to be what much more like like spread and like you know 50 cent it was like the first crypto millionaire or billionaire because he did his one album that barely sold any physical CDs, but you could buy them with uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum. Like you could use crypto to buy it. And he just sat in an account. He's like, I, nobody, like, I don't see any fucking money off of it anyway. So he had like $70,000 in Bitcoin. And then all of a sudden it's worth like $5 billion. Mm -hmm. Like, there's something about that that I'm like, should I be paying attention to this? Is this a thing that, that like us as like small hobby creators or small niche musicians <laughs> should be paying attention to? Because, uh, you know, uh, it seems like right now and this this will go into our topic is that um, as algorithms change, we find ourselves like uh, 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 a house without a home like uh, a man uh, uh, a soldier without a nation you know we have to like reinvent and paradigm shift into something new beat the creative block the writer's block whatever's there it feels like it is a part of the conversation that i have not had with myself yet. <laughs> 100 i would say as a creative it's I think that everybody should understand crypto and NFTs and I think they should understand them definitely at a surface level, definitely understand how to use them to financially improve their business and then make the decision if that's something they want to be involved in. Right I think, I think crypto, yeah. I've been in and out of crypto for the last couple of years. Like I trade the coins. Um, I'm not holding any right now. Uh, thank God. Cause it's just collapsing. But, um, it's, Which to me is like the most exciting time for it. I'm like, right. you know, this is like in the stock market, this is when you start like going heavy. Like right. when, when it's in a free fall, go right. heavy into something like Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. You will do really well eventually. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was talking about this with my wife the other day. So on the day of COVID crashing, the March 17th, I think was the COVID stock market crash of 2020. I remember sitting at lunch that day and just looking at stocks with my wife being like, this is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. And I picked up at the time and it was a horror. I mean, looking back now, I understand the trade I should have made. But at the time I was like, I'm buying airlines. I'm buying cruise lines. They'll be back. And they were, 
but it was a much longer path to get them back. Yeah, um, so it was true. still a fine investment, but it wasn't quick. But I remember that day, Tesla was like trading for around 300 bucks. And so if you would have bought $300 of Tesla that day, one share, you fast stock, forward yeah. to now, that share is now worth 900 bucks. But on top of that, and it's split. It's split, <laughs> dude. So you would have owned so five shares. Yeah, your 300 bucks would be like bucks, yeah. five grand. And so it's like... Yeah. That kind of Fun. shit. I remember sitting there and actively talking about is Tesla worth buying and choosing no. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> oh. so moral of the story, don't ever take us that seriously. We're this this is podcast yeah. is for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> totally, totally. But yeah, I think NFTs, and that's like an immediate, yeah, great rabbit hole. I think it's something that people should know about. I think people should know about crypto. I think that people should be educated on these things and understand that they are tools available for creatives, but just being a human in general. And they're, they're yeah. out there. I think people should do the research and understand it more, especially creatives with NFTs. There's a huge reason to understand NFTs as a creative. I'm going to sell off parts of my body as NFTs. So you could buy my elbow chode and, um, you know, and trade my elbow chode for, you know, my double chin or whatever. <laughs> you know, we can we could do things like that. Parts of my beard as NFTs. I'll just just turn my body into into one big cryptocurrency. <laughs> do it. I'd buy your elbow. <laughs> 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 that's the thing dude is it's like it's bizarre capitalism at work again that's like i don't know see if somebody will buy it <laughs> <laughs> maybe i mean there is a fool separated from his dollar every day so i might as well get in on that game a little bit uh i yeah i just haven't uh I haven't done the research. I haven't had the reason to do the research. And after watching people freak out about it online, I'm just like, you know, I'm trying to make my life more peaceful. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying not to invite in fights for no reason. And that just seems like I'm actively asking for a fight to have a stance on something. You know, it's just like, I don't know if it, it, it feels it feels a little too hostile at the moment. Yeah, it's it's old money heads. It's the same people who were freaking out about crypto to begin with are now freaking out about NFTs. And it's just like, yeah, dude, it's just you just don't understand it. That's why you're upset. And like if you did some research and understood what it was, I think your perspective would change. And at the end of the day, if you don't like it, just don't fucking buy it, dude. Like there's <laughs> that's it. <laughs> it's like, you know, that's like the classic like weed guns and abortion argument. If you don't like weed guns and abortion, don't do them. Like don't do any of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so crazy, dude. <laughs> oh shit. Well, how 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 have you been, man? We it's been about a week, a week and a half since we yeah. last talked, and um, it seems like everybody's lives got fucking crazy over the last week. What what have you been up to, man? Yeah. So I'm off the steroids now from being sick. I'm finally like, dude, same, yeah, same. No steroid gang. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm, I'm finally done with my antibiotics too. <laughs> Life is good. Um, I I just have been busy as shit, man. Just so busy. Like, I don't know. I feel like life is uh, progressive, like rapidly. Things are just moving fast. It doesn't make any sense because it's, I guess it's now February. And I feel like January is for the last few years have been like the most slow, chill bust of a month ever. And I don't really feel like January has been like that. I feel like it's been crazy and hectic and I don't really know why I can't put my finger on it, but things have been good. Mm. 
Uh, me and my wife picked up uh, the new Pokemon game, and it is sick um, on Nintendo <laughs> Switch. Anybody out there who... It's like, it plays a lot like Zelda Breath of the Wild. Reminds me a lot of that. Very open world, very, you know, just Nintendo stylized. Like, some of the sound effects in the game, I think, are literally the exact same. And I'm like, that's too too similar. It's um, too close. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Pokemon, the new Pokemon game slaps. Big fan of that. Um, and I've just been working on my army, playing 40K again, working my job, staying busy. I had lunch actually yesterday with um, one of my streaming buddies from back in the day, Mohawk Miniatures. Do you know Mohawk? Oh, cool. Yeah, he was over. I don't in... know Mohawk, but I I follow Mohawk. I know he, I do know I follow him. He was in the United States for his first time. Uh, he flew out to um, Las Vegas LVO? for yeah for the big LVO tournament, and happened to just be nice. flying into Denver to meet up with one of his buddies. And I was like, let's <laughs> let's go get lunch. And he was like, all right. So I got lunch yesterday with him. So that was awesome. So life so is got, good, man. Did you go to that uh, fancy hot dog place there in Denver? No, we went to uh, my favorite taco spot. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but next time I'm there, you'll have to take me because last time I was in Denver, we did fancy hot dogs. And because if someone saw it on TV and had, we had to go, it was worth it. It was very good. Is it Biker Jim's? Is that the one? It's like got like alligator hot dogs and random shit like that? That actually sounds right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah was it, it actually it was, it was, downtown? Yeah. Okay, yeah. it's Biker Jim's. I actually... Yeah. I don't know if this is true or not. I don't know if they survived COVID. I have to look it up. I feel like something happened with really? them. They either didn't make it or they had to move locations. Something happened. But ah, uh, damn. I think I'm yeah. pretty sure something happened. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I I've mean seen it their was name. good. And yeah. you know, uh, everybody knows I love sucking down on a chili dog, so like it was <laughs> it was all good. And we did uh, da, 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 chicken and waffles at some weird like hoity-toity place yeah and um and i remember i was on like 60 milligrams of leftover edibles <laughs> and it was about all i could do to like order like <laughs> just i was like i need coffee and i need i need breakfast and that's it yeah and i don't remember if it was any good but i do know that i eventually got on an airplane <laughs> yeah yeah it's classic Denver food. So that's what I've been, I've just been un, unexplainably busy and I can't put my finger on why I really can't. I feel like kind of stir crazy and busy and slammed and can't keep up, but I can't figure out why. And I, I, I don't know. It's I, bizarre. I have, I have uh, a, a, a thing. And when we get into our main topic, I think, I think it'll kind of trigger you and you'll go, Oh, maybe this is what's going on. Maybe yes. an observation. I I'm pumped. Say. I'm pumped. How are you? Yeah. Uh, dude, I am doing well. I'm a little stressed out. I'm basically always stressed out. Like if my, that's my, that's my uh, Hulk secret is not that I'm always mad. It's just that I'm always stressed. <laughs> that's um, I, uh, I passed another class. I passed probability and statistics on Sunday. Ooh. Uh, that class was a goddamn nightmare because it I had to learn algebra all over again. And it's shit that I've never had to use outside of high school. Like I have been a like in business for like 20 years out of high school and I've never had to use any of that stuff. So then to relearn it, I'm just like I don't actually have room in my brain to keep this stuff. It just like, it makes no sense to hold on to it. So past that, 
that felt really good to be done with. Um, and then uh, I had a job interview on Monday. So like, I know I was like, I'm going to not work until I am uh, done with school. But I kind of hit that weird zone where like, I knew that I was going to have to work, you know, like I knew that that was going to have to be part of the equation eventually. And I kind of made the decision of like, by the end of March, April, I should probably start working just to like financially shore up our, our family. Um, and, uh, and even if it takes me longer in school, the amount of money that I'll make from working full time uh, will offset the cost of school. So even if it takes me another two terms longer, that extra $10,000 in uh, tuition is actually like totally offset by the $60,000 in, you know, the year and a half that I will be working. So it's like financially makes more sense. And plus, like I realized being in Oregon, working with my dad, that like, I just, I missed working <laughs> like period. Like yeah. I, uh, it's nice having the freedom to do school whenever, but like I find myself like not doing anything all day long and then like cramming for school in like three hours and just being stressed out the entire time. So, uh, I think I need, I need more structure to my life <laughs> and a job gives me structure. Mm -hmm. So that interview went well. I'm waiting to hear back on a second interview. I'm like 99% sure I'll get it if I get it. So that's very exciting. And, uh, just kind of feels like I'm finally like really pushing the ball to that next phase of my life, which, uh, I've been, I've been waiting for and, uh, and I'm, I'm excited for it. And I think I'm actually ready for it now. I'm actually interviewing for a position too. So that's crazy. This is like, dude, it's too, really? sometimes it's just too weird. It's just too weird. It's just like, Oh, same shit all the time. Same brain all the time. <laughs> doing the same shit. <laughs> yeah. So I'm applying for a, a new position in my company. That's brand new. It's a brand new job. It has never existed, but it's, um, strategy building based on analytics. Oh, excellent. So the, do you, do you have a history with data analytics? Is that something that you do uh, a lot? Not on paper. Um, okay. <laughs> I, like I didn't go to school for like data or finance or anything like that. Uh -huh. Um, but I, I have, it's one of those things that has fallen into my lap in almost every job I've had and specifically building strategy around data. And so, yeah. um, it's, it's interesting because it's a job that I'm wildly qualified for and wildly unqualified for at the exact same time. Sure. So I, I really have no hope, uh, or expectations about it. I'm just, I'm going for it cause it sounds exciting and we'll kind of see how it pans out. But, um, it's. Yeah, I'm kind of right in the middle of that interview process, too. It's very interesting. But, yeah, it's literally study these analytics, build a strategy, see if we can do better. And nice. Yeah, nice. So, well, good luck with that, man. Yeah, I know. Man, interview gang, dude. Interview gang. <laughs> I have to say that interviews are one of my most favorite things to do in the entire world, especially when you don't really need the job, like, because you've already got something lined up or, like, the job just feels like not like you're overqualified or whatever it is if you can walk into an interview like totally swinging dick and just like <laughs> laughing the whole time I, like i got I, I one time interviewed for lowe's because they were opening up a new lowe's and they're like we want to make you a manager and i was like <laughs> i work at a record store and get high all day like <laughs> i just like they're like no what can we do to get you to come like they were like fighting at me even though even though like i made it absolutely known that i didn't want the job and they're like no you don't understand like 
we want somebody like you everybody else we don't we don't like like we like and i remember getting like three or four calls after i was already like full-time at the record store and i was like i and i you know i probably should have worked at lowe's like financially that would have i think worked out a lot better for me but uh i really love slinging records that was a great job <laughs> one of my favorites yeah i i need to it's interesting because like my career is like so professionally based and so like sometimes too hoity-toity and political but it's like i do need sure. to like maybe move my brain to a little more of that like ah fuck this shit style interviewing that's just like whatever <laughs> how you guys whatever. doing finger guns what's up i think i need to bring like a percentage of that with me i'm glad we talked about that because like i i like I don't need the job. I would like it. You know what I mean? I should yeah. probably change my perspective to at least take a percentage of that with me along the way. Being loose, people really like it because the more like like rigid you are, the more rigid they have to be. And I don't think anybody actually likes it. And the, the people who do, you're probably not going to do very well with anyway. You know, you're going to always be at odds with each other. And, you know, like this last interview, half the time we were talking about the on oncoming storm. And like, I was like, man, I really hope that in Chicago, you guys are totally fine. And he was like, man, I really appreciate that. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I I would mostly agree with that. I, I one time uh, I used to work for Target and in management, you used to have to do this really dumb thing back in the day is you would have to interview for a raise and like you would qualify for sure. it based on, you know, year long of great results whatever and so it wouldn't just be yeah. like hey man you've been doing good we've been watching you we're looking at your results here's things thing. are good here's money it was like hey we've been doing you've been watching you you've been doing these things they look good why don't you come tell us about all the stuff that you just did and it's like defend your stance yeah it's like well, <laughs> you already know what's working and what's not like what why am i driving to you to have this conversation so anyway so this one time i went there and i'm i'm interviewing for a raise with this guy and at the time he was like one of the most senior store managers in the district like he was just like he was like the dude like total mm. like you know six four he was like a, he's an mma coach and um as a judge on the side like he's that guy um and so he like <laughs> knows all the ufc fighters they're just his boys and it's just he's it's right. just a very intimidating guy so i go in the room <clears throat> and i finish answering his first question he goes i don't normally do this but i'm gonna stop you before i ask the next question and i was like okay and he goes you are way too casual <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, okay, I'm going to see if I can work on that the rest of this interview. And he's like, I also want you to carry that into the rest of your interviews through the rest of the day. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and, and, yeah. yeah. And eventually I ended up, uh, you know, a couple of years down the road, I ended up actually working for him for like three or four years. And he was like uh -huh. the most influential and important manager I ever worked for, for like my personal development and stuff. But it was the one defining moment where somebody was just like, dude, what are you doing? You're like talking about dude. And you're like pointing and finger gunning and laughing in the middle of interviews. Like what is happening right now? Like you were asking us for a lot of money, like button it up a little bit. And it was, you that came was... in with the visor that you were wearing upside down. <laughs> you got a puka shell necklace on, for oh God's sake. Oh, my God, dude. That was the only time in an interview setting that somebody's ever been like, hey, man, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Was... You know, that's a good learning experience, though, because it gives you like it gives you your, your pendulum right. swing yeah, of how you gotta... far you can go. Yeah. Yeah. I live in the middle now. <laughs> Thanks to that that very specific piece of feedback that one time. So, so. <laughs> that's hilarious. So today is all about 
overcoming creative blocks, which is something that I have had to do, struggle with, have been great at, have been terrible with so many times in so many different creative ventures. And I'm really excited about this topic. We, we discussed doing this topic last week because we didn't know what to do a topic on. And this is like a good auto get out of a topic card to just be like, we don't know what to do a topic on. So we're going to do a topic about what to do when you don't know what to do. What to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we came up well, with I a mean, topic like last week, but just to like frame it for the listeners new and old like it's not that we don't have topics we have like probably 50 topics mm -hmm. in a file and it's it's and it's not that we don't have stuff to talk about it's the fact that what we want to talk about now that like yes that changes on a daily basis how many times have we set up a thing at the beginning of the week and then like three days in we're like actually we should talk about this yeah like every single time we've done a show it's yeah. changed and then like five minutes before the show we're like all right we're made we're fuck it we're doing it <laughs> yeah yeah totally so i i i really appreciate this uh and there's been a lot of shows that have uh tackled creative block uh in uh recent history in one of the uh a podcast with other fellow mini painters uh palette knives did a how to unfunk yourself episode which is really good a lot of good creative ideas really specifically about like if you get stuck in like loops and like your like your hobby time and stuff like that uh highly recommend checking it out r.i.p to palette knives gone too soon but uh you know it, they gave us some really good content while it was here mm -hmm. so definitely check that out uh uh and uh you know i hope i hope that we can come up with some good ideas for you as well to you know i don't know i i don't think i'm ever in a creative block really but i i most certainly don't want to do it <laughs> like That's i remember that all the time where i'm like nah nah it just it doesn't sound right it doesn't feel right it doesn't do this and you know and for me that goes back into the jack of all trades like mm -hmm. i have set my life up with so many different things that if one thing just doesn't feel right right now I don't suffer it. I move on and I do something else completely, totally different. And generally, like I never, I never get to that point where I'm just like, oh, why is this not working? Why mm -hmm. can I not like, like I, I, I always set myself up mentally for victory, even if I'm not hitting the goals that I have verbally vomited out on everybody, which I know is like my biggest downfall is I tell everybody what my goals are. And then like two seconds later, I do the exact opposite. <laughs> yeah, you do a different goal and they're like, Hey man, what the fuck? And you're like, I don't know. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> Dude, you were saying you were going to do hobby time in the murder basement season two. I'm like, yeah, uh, I, I, I haven't done it yet. Yeah, I didn't say I would not do it. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't tell you the timeline on it. So that's incredibly right. interesting because I go through creative blocks all the time. Okay, so... Um, I know you do. You yeah. sent me a photo of yourself <laughs> in a ski mask. A ski mask, everybody. I need you to it's know that wild man Trenton over here... It's a new project. He, he is willing to go to extreme lengths to get over creative block. <laughs> It's a, it's a new project and I don't know I don't know what you're talking about. It's a new project. I don't know. Anybody who <laughs> thinks that it's me, it's not me. Just it, this this in context probably by the time this episode comes out will be meaningful. Just so you know, it's not me. It's, it's not, not me. <laughs> um so okay, let me ask you a question right out of the gate. Okay. 
and this will, because I've got an answer for this too. Do you feel like you don't hit creative block because you just don't recognize that it exists or that it's not there? Like, do you have, I'm, I guess I'm asking, do you have blinders to it? Are you just like, nope, nope, nope. Like this is working. This is working. Or like, do you, are you really that good at staying creative and fresh on your approach? Uh, no, I am not. Like I, I, to say that I don't run into creator's block is a, like a, not true 100% not true I just don't let it stop me from being myself and enjoying myself um you know and like that kind of like I think it's really evident when you look at the type of content I create how I handle myself like I have a hobby time in the murder basement uh excuse me I've just got all these burps and things now which are it sounds great in a podcast all compressed and crisp um uh, <laughs> I, my Instagram is my own personal Instagram. It was Heath Aldrich. And then I did Solid State Disaster, which was my band, and went from like having 100 followers to like 500 followers. And then I was like, I don't want to do Solid State Disaster anymore. It's actually going to be Hobby Time in the Murder Basement, of which I went from 500 followers to 1,600 followers. <laughs> Of which the content has never changed. Mm -hmm. Like, I keep on putting my personal life in the midst of my shit. I keep on, here's a fucking photo of my cat. Here's the comic book I'm reading. Look at this music I'm working on. Look at this mini. Because for me, I think content creation, when you compartmentalize it too much, leaves you in a zone where you inevitably suffer from creative block. You inevitably hit a wall. You put up a roadblock that like for and this is when i my observation of you the sauce painting has an amazing amount of growth and to you it's like really um emotionally important that it does well and when you try something like you said you did a uh, uh a reel the other day which if anybody isn't uh sure what a reel is instagram is copying tiktok because mm -hmm. TikTok is now the, like the most viewed website on the internet or one of the most viewed. And they're trying to compete with that. And so they are prioritizing reels on Instagram over photos. So like, I don't see photos anymore on my Instagram. I only see reels <laughs> because that is, and, and it's annoying. But also for someone like you, who lives and dies by people looking at your photos of your cool, grim, dark space Marines, you need to have contents for the reels. And when your audience actively revolts against you and starts unfollowing you, like it feels like a cursed proposition. It, yeah. it, it, you get the feel bads instantly. And therefore you constantly are hitting that wall of like, what am I fucking doing wrong? Where me, I just don't grow at all. And I'm just like, you either like me or you don't. <laughs> and so I don't yeah. get people unsubscribing from me because they either like me or they don't. And that is that is my trick to beating writer's block is I don't specialize at anything. I just jack of all trades it all the time, 100% of the time. And you either like it or you don't. Yeah, that's, I mean, you're spot on. I mean, that's definitely, and that's something that I've kind of recognized and I'm still working through conceptually how to change 
the sauce painting brand. I was looking at creating and rebranding um, after, you know, my break from streaming and focusing on different things and, you know, all this stuff I've been thinking about, like, what does this project really look like moving forward? And and sure. it's something I alluded to and talked a little bit about. I actually did like a, a podcast interview with Dr. Rhino like months ago and was like, you know, the yeah. future of me is figuring out how to raise the ceiling of multiple different buckets of content by making just the bucket larger and being able to raise the ceiling because <laughs> Warhammer right, only right. has like the Warhammer ceiling short, we've talked about this, but when you add in yeah. something like photography or videography, that raises your entire potential ceiling as a result. And cats. so, um, my idea yeah. was I always, had cats. Oh always yeah. Had cats. cats are, cats are OP <laughs> on social media. OP. <laughs> my, um, my idea was the sauce productions that was more based on media and just being able to just take on video projects, photography, all that, bring it all together. It's just that brand is taken. Somebody already has that. And so like, sure. I have to figure out that kind of really is my long-term mentality on the sauce project. I just am trying to figure out how to get there without that brand. So it's going to change, but that kind of is, cause you were totally right. And I do do that. And that's incredibly interesting because when you look to like specifically media creators on places like YouTube, like Peter McKinnon, for example, um, if you're not Dude, familiar, Peter McKinnon is such a sweet human being. Yeah. Him and him and Chris Ramsey, they used yeah. to do all this stuff back in the day, some old magic stuff. And they were just so wholesome together. I, yeah. I need to follow a lot more. <laughs> His big thing, you know, is all about building a brand that's just encompasses all of the things that you do that it's that people right. are. And that's something that you're amazing at is you're, you are just Heath Aldrich and that's your thing. That's your brand. That's your project. And so you could right. do whatever the fuck you want. You know, you can make synth stuff. You could paint stuff. You could pocket, you could do all this stuff under one hub and it makes your one hub, like a one-stop shop. It's like Walmart. Like you just have everything. Like it's there. It's great. Love it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, yeah. that's where you get everything. Like you could get, you know, you could get sweet moccasins and ground beef and that's perfect. Yeah. And so I'm, I am the Menards of content creation. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, and there's so many massive creators that would advise you to do that. They're like, this is the right way to approach all of this. Every other way, compartmentalizing small stuff is the wrong move. And yeah. then there's, you know, there's very niche side creators who have been very successful, but it's, it's much harder because you have a smaller pool, a smaller ceiling, a smaller bucket. Um, but yeah. yeah, I totally do that. And it's, it's very weird to figure out like, how do I not do that? Or how do I shift the, the brand that exists to be more encompassing, to be able to do different creative ventures, right? Like I've got like a photo page on Instagram. That's just my photography, but like why the fuck do I have that? Like, why can I not just commit to just doing that under sauce and thinking about how the sauce brand really exists? You know what I mean? Like I have this massive reach. Like, why would I not be using it? Like, and it's, I dude, don't know. Like, I just can't, I just need to like, like burn the bridge. I just need to do yeah, it and just dude, make that my, my burn, thing. Burn the fucking boats, cross that, cross that ocean, burn the boats. You are now in the new land. Like, yeah, like that, that Harris Heller and his little video when he left Twitch, like that's what you need to do. You just need to embrace it because, like you, you, are, <laughs> you know, in your benefit and your detriment, you th actually think really deeply about this stuff, which, um, you know, gets you in trouble a lot totally. because, like, it, it becomes where people don't, um, and you know, like, I think it is an unfair uh, uh, a criticism for somebody who is concerned about how their following is doing but anybody who feels like they want to take down the king is going to use the fact that you 
want your reputation to be so ubiquitous and spot you know spotless so everybody can be around you to be like he's only doing this for the clicks he's only doing this which is like such a shitty douchey take <laughs> like like it it puts everything that you do into question when someone like me who can have absolutely no traction on something nobody ever fucking questions it when like i absolutely am thinking about those things like it hurts me when something that i've put a lot of effort into fucking falls flat on its face totally. <laughs> you know <laughs> like so like for for you who's actually doing something and is just being honest that it matters to you like it sucks that people can use that as a, a as a weapon against you and it's like and and probably leaves you in a place where you uh are self-conscious about trying something new because then then you have to ask yourself am i doing that and i don't think it fucking matters <laughs> truthfully yeah. if, if content creation is part of what you want to do then yes everything that you do matters and the way that it gets received matters and how you follow up with that matters and you shouldn't be judged for that <laughs> ever <laughs> i agree i agree and it's it's hard it's like a weird cycle to break because like yeah it's it does suck when something just completely flops like that was my most recent yeah. project like i i'm you know just talking through some stuff with some of my think tank buddies and it's just like yo i hate that reels are being basically told to us to make you know like the analytics are absurd it is like so shocking like the performance difference between a reel and a photo at this point that it's legitimately borderline if you are focused on growth it is borderline almost not even worth it to take a picture for instagram anymore and like yeah. it is crazy crazy and from a business perspective i totally get it and it's not going to change for better or for worse no. this is <laughs> no. this is what's happening like it it's makes it makes instagram a shit ton more money than photos period and like that's yeah. what it's all about so they're not going to stop and so um yeah i i i was talking to these think tank people i'm like yo i am not going to be told how to make reels. I want to make them on my terms. I want to, yeah. you know, figure out like, okay, if I'm being told that this is what's going to happen, I want to figure out how to have fun with it. I want to figure out how to make reels work for me, how to be excited about this change. And, you know, I'm, I'm like pumped. I'm like giving the speech. I'm like, let's fucking make reels work for us. Like we can do this. <laughs> and the first reel I make is easily the worst piece of Instagram performing content I've had in potentially two years. Like literally I've not had a single piece of Instagram content go so bad in years. And I was like, uh, the literal first thing I do right out of the gate. And it's like, I put, it was the, it was the first time I, I shot a reel using a DSLR. It's the first time I shot a reel and edited it in my video editing suite. I put in effects. I did all this shit totally flop. And I'm like, okay, it's good to learn from. And I think I know why it performs so poorly, but it definitely like, you get all excited. You want to try new stuff and it fails and it gives you like imposter syndrome. You're like, well, why me? Yeah. And it gives you like weird and it, it drops into it. And I think the thing that I've learned over the last, you know, when was that two days ago that that happened? I was like, man, I just need to manage my expectations better, especially when trying new stuff to avoid getting imposter syndrome to avoid feeling creative blocks because that's ultimately well, what happens. You shut down, man. Like you, you, you instantly like, I know how you type about stuff like because we don't <laughs> chat all the time. It's all it's all in like text. Right. Like your like font is like 0. 0.5 
percent smaller and it has like a it's like a, the sad version of comic sans like i can tell <laughs> when it's not working yeah. and so like that was like one of the first things i messaged to you today is like you doing all right buddy yeah <laughs> like, it was a bummer because i knew you you it was it was hitting you hard and and you in, in a way that I don't do, and I, I actually find this to be really um, uh, important about you and brave about you, is that you just fucking kill your darlings. Like, nope, it's not working. I'm moving on. And then, like, you delete it. It's gone. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, is this going to be the end of the sauce project? <laughs> like, are reels going to take the sauce down? <laughs> no. I don't, yes and no in a way, right? Like I think that, no, okay. yeah, I think yes and no. I think what the shift that is basically the way, the basically everything that's happened on Instagram over the last 30 days, um, yeah. so much it's algo shifting. The last 30 yeah, days. It yeah. feels like something has shifted and uh, I don't know if it was announced or these are just backend updates or whatever. But the last 30 days feel really different. Um, you know, looking at like my 30 day stats, the 30 days leading up to the last 30 days, we're talking um, early December through, or like, you know, mid-December, actually, I guess it would be early December through early January. Um, I had reached 100,000 counts on Instagram. That was my reach over 30 wow. days, 100,000. My reach right now is wow. eight, my reach right now is 18,000 over the 30 days since that. And that's pretty dramatically smaller, much, it, much smaller. Yeah. I, I did have during the 30 days before I had my best performing post of all time, a photo. And, um, since then have I posted a, it was a couple less posts. So it's definitely not apples to apples, but, um, mm -hmm. it's similar. And, um, so yeah, I think it will, I think that this is the beginning of the, era of sauce production style mentality to social media, which is like, I think I'm going to start moving more stuff to sauce. My video projects, my photo projects are going to start existing on there. I think I probably mm -hmm. will still make reels under the sauce, but it does open sure. up um, the idea that I have to have a different outlet for really throwing shit at the wall. Like when I really want to just experiment to the utmost, like really, really get creative and push boundaries as hard as possible to see what's capable. I don't know if I feel like I can do that under the sauce platform, especially with how bizarre some of the ideas I have right now are, but, um, <laughs> they, I want to have a place that I can continue to focus like a, a professional forward looking brand, a professional feeling brand that encompasses more of my hobbies that aren't just painting miniatures, because we've talked about this before. There's so many hobbies that play together and I have so many that play together and I need to just start embracing them together and just saying, yeah. this is what I do. And, um, that to me is, I think that's the, that's like, you know, the blessing in disguise about that Instagram algorithm push is I feel like I kind of have to do that now is like, sure. I'm at a, I'm at a crossroads where if I'm going to do that, this is, this is the time. And it's not necessarily that I'm going to burn down what the sauce painting was. It just means I'm bringing more of me into the picture and being like, I also do this. And like, I think that it is going to burn bridges. I think that I will get on follows. I will have people who are going to be like, what the fuck is going on? And like, I think I need to embrace some more of like your brain on that whole thing. That's like, yeah, who cares? And like, it is what it is. And that's, I, I need to focus more on like defining happiness through content and just sharing what makes me happy, sharing projects and things that I do, which is something that I've always really admired that you do. You just share what you're doing and what makes you happy. And you just keep posting whatever the fuck you want. And you're like, I'm doing this right now. This is why I'm doing it. I love this shit. It's awesome. Check it out. 
and that's yeah. awesome. And it's <laughs> like I, yeah. I think that um, a part of my brand is so pigeonholed in the fact that I have the sauce painting as my handle, when in reality it should just be you know the sauce something change that word and just focus on a, the sauce productions mentality. I would love that brand. If you're listening and you owe that brand, I will trade you an NFT, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, that you're, I mean, you're totally right. And it is something I think that uh, as a cautionary tale from somebody who pigeonholes a lot of brands, especially creative projects, avoiding that is good. Uh, figure out how to avoid that early. Um, sure. I think there, there are some pros to it, but I think that there are some very long-term cons to it. That is, Hey man, you might not only be interested in making miniature painting content, just so you know, yeah. you might be interested in just making content. And so now you've built a brand that can't transition when you need to. And that's something that it, has been a pitfall for me in my current project. 100%. It's one of the things that like uh, drives me absolutely crazy about everybody that has the name minis or miniatures in their fucking name. Yeah. Like I love you guys. And I'm like thrilled that you have your one passion and that's great. But like, it also means that like, that's it. Yeah. Like, like that's it. You are only going to appeal to this amount of people. And for people who say that it doesn't matter, like whether or not they get big or not, they sure put a lot of their own emotional health and like their mental health and like drive and time into something that doesn't really matter. It goes back into the whole like dream big thing and be honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. Fucking be honest with yourself what you want, because if you're putting that much effort into something, why fucking like, oh man, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bush. Oh no, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let yeah. it shine. Yeah. Motherfucker, like we learned this in Sunday school growing up, like evangelize about yourself, like to the max and people will either be on board or they won't. <laughs> and, and like, and I would much rather people being on board that with who I am than just a piece of who I am. Now, I don't need everybody who follows me because I interview many painters to love my music, but I want them to know about it. Yeah. And that's, I want them to know that that is something that is part of me and that's important to me. Yeah. I, I would definitely use this as a cautionary tale as something that currently is an issue for my future branding and media projects. And if there's somebody that's new in this whole journey and is like, where do I stand on this? Or, or this is, I want to build, I don't care. I'm, I'm keeping miniatures or painting in my handle because that's all I'm ever going to do. And that might be, Friday we're not, miniature painting. I only do it on Fridays and it's only miniatures. <laughs> yeah. And like, that's fine. Um, again, like, you know, everybody's on their own content journey and their own life journey and stuff. But like, if I could caution one thing about what I've learned in the sauce painting project, it's the fact that I made it a painting project and not a media project. And like, that's it, you know? And like, I've found success through painting on social media. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know if I want to make exclusively painting content for the indefinite future of me wanting to make content, you know? And so it's like, it's important to at least be aware and think about like the, the fact that you literally might, down the road, just get excited about something random. Like, you know, uh, in the middle of last summer, I got really excited about street photography. Yeah. What the fuck? Where did that come from? And yeah. like, I would love to share more of that, but like, I don't really feel like I have the right platform to do it. And so it's like, yeah, yeah why would I have 
be so closed minded to opening my bucket to other buckets, but I just am. I just have been ingrained this way. And like, I'm finally now really like seeing, eh, maybe that's not the best way for me. And it, it's still like, I mean, there probably is the creator here and there that that really is. But I think as a cautionary tale, it might not be for everyone that maybe think yeah. about how many buckets you can put together because all that does from a creative standpoint and wanting to grow, right? Like, I, th I think it's fair as a creator to be like, I want to make social media to grow my standing on social media. You know, I want to make a, I want to make content that grows it. Like, I think people are like, oh, you're a cloud chaser. And it's like, okay, even if that literally was true, if somebody's literal only purpose, if they, you know, were like, I am only making content to grow my account, who cares? Yeah. That's fine. Like, that's a valid reason to make content. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you know, yeah. I, I would say a lot it's of a people. It's a great hobby. And it yeah. makes them happy. Who gives cool. a fuck? Right. Exactly. Like, stop, stop pooping in everybody's cornflakes. You yeah. know, like, just yeah. because you don't want to do it and you don't want to put in the work because it truly is work. <laughs> like, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Like. And I think that that's a part of the problem that we're seeing right now on Instagram is like reels backlash. People, especially in the miniature painting community who are just maybe, especially on Instagram, right? Like how many people when TikTok really started taking off that were just putting their TikToks on Instagram and people were like, there's a reason I'm on Instagram and not on TikTok. And it's like, sure. I, dude, I had people say the same thing to me. And I was like, you know, what's funny. I'm getting a lot new. Like I had the same luck that Orky did only Orky like exploded on TikTok because she is very good at it and actually fucking gives a shit about, you know, following how TikTok yeah. works. But my, my new followers, on Twitch and YouTube weren't from my YouTube content or my Instagram. They were from TikTok. <laughs> like I went through a phase where I was like, oh, I found you on TikTok. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like that was pretty amazing. It's a very interesting thing. And I think, yeah, it's just the backlash against people making reels, specifically like right now, like people just unfollowing, like, this just sucks. I'm done. I, you're making yeah. reels. Oh my God. Just another one of those people. And it's like, well, Unfortunately, people who are have any intention to want to grow their channel for various reasons, that's even if it's just chasing clout, fine. Um, yeah, we kind of have to like you kind of yeah. have to take reels more seriously all of a sudden. And people who are like against it, like I just don't get that mentality like enough to be like, I'm just over. I guess I mean, it's up, I guess everybody could choose whatever they want. It's just a bizarre thing. And I think it's important to just understand where some of that's coming from before making such like brutal, harsh judgments against creators. It's like, we kind of, this is the thing that we kind of have to potentially start doing and start really taking yeah. it seriously because in a lot of ways, short form content is so important to so many platforms moving forward. It's so yeah. it's, it's like totally the future of content period, but in the immediate future, it's, look Holy at youtube shit. shorts yeah like i i know i know we say like reels is the place but like if you're on youtube and you aren't making shorts right now you're fucking up like uh i there's this one woodworking channel that i uh follow it's steve ramsey's woodworking for mere mortals it is a mouthful the dude understands how to like do like standard run-of-the-mill woodworking to like intermediate level like you're never going to see him like i did a ten thousand dollar you know plinth for a record player sort of like woodworking it's not his bag it's for get people like you and me who are like i have a handful of tools how do i get the most out of them he started doing a video a day on youtube when covid hit like one video a day and i think i watched like 
160 of his videos in a row. Just sat there every day, I'd watch it. And he switched to doing shorts content, one minute or less. And um, he had some real flops right off the bat, but then suddenly, you know, they're like 100,000, 200,000 hits. And so he kind of figured it out and what works and what do doesn't. And it shifted the focus on his channel and gave him a whole new future that he didn't have because he tried something new with the platform, you know, like he, he didn't have to keep on coming up with crazy hard stuff. He could be like, if you're using Danish oil, make sure that you don't leave your rags in a pile. Otherwise they might burn down your garage. Thank you. And that's it. <laughs> you know, yeah. like he, that, and that's, I think it is a huge thing. And I, again, it's why I say I, I never really hit creative block. I get blocked on projects. Like I do have that like unstoppable force meets immovable object. And sometimes you just clash and you're like, there is no getting past this. But instead of getting stuck here, I always just like, no, oh, fuck it. I can't get the song right now. I'll move on to something else because I uh, embrace all of my life. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is something that you are interesting and can do. And I, and I would encourage you to do that. You spent three weeks working on a video about your Awada uh, H <laughs> HC Eclipse uh, to make a really cool looking video of which I think that you could do a very similar thing for a Reels or for a Shorts mm -hmm. or for something have like really great views and i think you could do that to introduce my name's trenton i like to take photos and i like and you know you could use one of your alpha legion nfts <laughs> and you could have it out on a nature hike and you take a photo and you can back it up and then you have this like huge vista shot and i think you could use multiple pieces of yourself in there and i think people would be there because truthfully people like you because they like you like they got into you for one reason and some people are going to reject it and so you might have that step backwards but the three steps forward you're going to get and especially being able to give people who already are there and already support you that extra level i mean i think that's super important and something that should be should be thought about you're right you're right <laughs> okay 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 so hypothetically now say so like i know i'm not like uh like everybody i have i have lots of like cookie jars around me because i am add and i like that what you you <laughs> you have a lots of cookie jars too but you did something really interesting that i don't think a lot of people do when they hit right uh, uh that writer's block that creative block and you you started talking about like i need to have a whole new channel doing fucking crazy edgelord shit where does that come from because when i see you i don't see a punk rock anti-establishment guy I would expect something like that from me <laughs> where I'm just like, eh, who gives a shit? <laughs> like how, how come your brain, when you hit that wall, when you had that, that, that fail failure uh, or failure, you, you went to instantly like, I just turned into Joker and I need to burn this thing down. Like what, where does that come from? Um, I think it comes from trying to understand the extremes of anything. I think it comes from being the learner, um, you know, and, and wanting to understand 
Um, and so going, okay, if this doesn't work, then what's the extreme version of this and finding the middle <laughs> ground. And so like, okay. I think, I think to me, um, I can get frustrated with the project, but it's because I think it's just a one thing, right? It's not like, you know, for you, if you get frustrated with mini painting and you're like, okay, fuck this, I'm going to make a record. You could just do that. Yeah. But for me, if I get frustrated, you know, with, you know, my painting handle and where I'm at and like, maybe I'm just like, I don't know. I just want a week off and not paint. Like maybe I just want to play Halo this week, you know? And, yeah, um, which is totally valid. Yeah. And it's like, but I can't, what would I do then? Like, do I make a content video of me just popping a sweet headshot in Halo? Or do I just make <laughs> no content? Do I make like uninspired content, you know, like, and it's like, so, um, I think when I hit a creative block, I just have to think like, okay, well, what else could I do? And that to me sometimes just sparks like next channel idea. And it's like, maybe it's, um, you know, and a lot of I've done, you know, other experimental social media handles and projects and Instagram projects. Like I've probably made 15 to 20 Instagram projects over the years. And it's more of just like experimentation and just trying to constantly mm. learn without wanting to necessarily like experiment inside of what I've built. And like, trying to just really just ex like, cause I think that's the problem with social media, the way that it is, is that you're not really given that opportunity to like fail even remotely gracefully without it, like actually having somehow repercussions. And that like, I think is a very weird and like kind of negative thing about social media is like the algorithms and performance can be so brutal. And especially on people's mental health and their plans and their creativity could get so impacted sure. by just an experimental piece of content. And, um, it's, but I it's mean, like, even the, even that experimental content, though, like you've had uh, huge flops with that. Like, yeah. I mean, just think about the doinks like the doinks fucking ate shit hard, like super fucking hard in something that it never was any more than what you <laughs> like said it was. Gonna yeah, be. it's and so interesting. people took it really fucking seriously. Yeah, blew up. And you're like, and which is cool and really exciting, but also is just like, you know, like. I, I I would personally love to see that sort of like uh, growth on your main page and like like take the risk like yeah, totally. <laughs> like because you're you're taking the risk anyway at least you get to control the fucking narrative if it's in on the main page the yeah. second when it becomes this weird thing that not everybody knows about now it's this like secret that like oh he was doing this thing I heard it was this and you're like dude you guys don't even fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> like it just i think it opens you up for more fuckery than it does uh, a good creative outlet yeah um you know and like uh we've had many painters say like oh we stream painting but we also want a game so we, they've started whole new like gaming handles yeah and i'm just like why yeah why? like just do it all under the same thing because like uh it, just just keep your painting schedule to schedule like don't mess that up it's but like it's because Tuesday of social night. media it's because hey. of social media impacts <laughs> the social media backlash like you know if there's the social media backlash people outweigh they're like well i can't experiment here because the repercussions will actually impact me because i'm trying to achieve x y and z and it's like maybe that's why people feel this way is that they have to like branch out because there's actual social media repercussions and for some people it's sure. literally their livelihood and so it's like okay i guess you know i guess i could see that but it's like sure. it's super interesting because i mean it just i think social media gives you a platform to express creativity but at the same time 
almost punishes extreme creativity to a degree. And then you have complete explosion things like the fucking Island boys. How did that happen? And it's like, you know, how far can you push experimentation until it's successful? And I feel like if you have an established brand, that push could destroy everything that you've created. And it's like, so you almost have to like for extreme experimentation, just be like, well, I guess this is a project now, but I definitely think <laughs> that to your point, me personally, I can find a much better middle ground between extreme experimentation and just like <laughs> inviting other things in and just being like, Hey, this is like, you know, I'd like to express more of this type of content or this is something I'm passionate about. Why not just combine them? Um, but it's, it's super interesting. And like, yeah, I mean, I think the doinks is an interesting, like specific example where what it was meant to do it really did for like five weeks and then it completely fell yeah. apart and turned into literally just, you know, 20 content creators all just being friends, you know, out of the deal. Yeah. And that was the right. final. And that's right. you, you got know, good friends out of it. Yeah. And it still lives on as that where it's, you know, a sounding board with like minded people where creators hang out together and talk together and grow together. And like it's what it started as was like this let's break social media experiment. And what it ended as was a bunch of people who are friends, which is like, you know, I guess I, it ended up a lot more wholesome than it ever should have, but, um, it, <laughs> it like was a very experimental project. I, I would say that was maybe the first let's break social media under my handle of all the projects I've ever done. And so it yeah. was definitely the let's experiment with this and it worked to a degree. Um, but again, it was, all of it was dismantled with an algorithm shift. And so maybe that's, there is definitely a valid point to creating a, a much bigger brand that can brace through algorithm shifts than I have. Yeah. Like I have been very, very exposed by algorithm shifts and have taken very volatile changes in growth due to it and like trying to figure out how to adapt. And like, so maybe, yeah. No, it's, this is so interesting because this is like, I feel like a lot of topics were like exactly the same on or could share similar experiences, but every once in a while we just, don't have the similar experience and it's very interesting to yeah. get your perspective because I mean, I mean you're you're right <laughs> you're right well, <laughs> so the interesting many things. thing is like when i first you and i first started talking you know a year ago or so um i think you had three thousand followers on instagram and like 30 followers on youtube <laughs> you know like you were having a very you were in a very different spot and we kind of were talking about like how to grow um, the YouTube thing and you were juggling whether or not Twitch even made sense anymore. And I remember us just, I was like, oh, dude, you're cool. It's funny. Like, just, just stay with it. Don't worry. It'll hit. And you, you then kind of took on this like cult of personality moniker thing that like, no, this is the sauce and this is the sauce nation. The sauce nation is going to ride when you had the people behind that and then the doinks and all that suddenly like your brand started blowing up especially on instagram like overnight which is really cool because you had like the convergence of a couple different hobby spaces moving your main feature in the right direction um but like in a complete and total like and this isn't a knock this isn't a thing like your viewership on Twitch never really grew. Like you would have like 40 people tops. And that was mm -hmm. kind of in that zone of like, which was great. I mean, like, let's, let's not say that that isn't, but like you had 9,000 people <laughs> following you on Instagram. 
it used to be that you and I were talking about like 10% of your, your follower base on Instagram or mm -hmm. YouTube or whatever will follow you to Twitch. And you saw your metric totally go off from that. Right. And I think a lot of content creators, sure, you have 140,000 followers, but you really actually have a thousand good fans, <laughs> you know, like that's a, a really small portion mm -hmm. of that big pool. And that, and I think that the idea of like trying to live in a small bubble is is really damaging for the long run. Mm -hmm. And so like I encourage everybody to be more open and embrace more of this stuff and celebrate other people who do it too. Like I think that some of my some of my favorite stuff that Brent does in Goobertown Hobbies is like the most boring shit. They're the 10 out of 10 videos, <laughs> you know, like that he, you talk about that nobody, nobody watches. And it's like, I'm going to talk about the chemical makeup of super glue right now. And I'm like, I want him to go to a super glue factory. I want to see this. Like that to me is fascinating. And I'll watch that all day long. Mm -hmm. Where like watching the same painting tutorial over and over again doesn't get me going anymore and i don't watch those videos and while i don't unsubscribe to them i'm no longer following a lot of people's careers because their creativity is stagnant and yeah. i like when people push the boundary of what should be done and i get that look behind the window and the thing that they like are passionate about i follow people because they're passionate not because they're fucking masters like, you know, like if it, if I was following only the masters, I'd watch like five people and that'd be it. And I'd only listen to bands like Dream Theater, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, like there would be no room in my life for 100 gecks. And I, I reject the idea that, you know, you have to do things a certain way. Like, I think that this world, it, you know, the tortoise or the hare. I'd rather do the tortoise and just like be the long game. And even though I know my audience is small to begin with, the people that stick with are going to be bigger. And so when, when I do hit 9,000 people on <laughs> Instagram, I want to have 90 people with me all the time when I'm streaming, you know, like mm -hmm. I want to have that, you know, 1% or 10% or whatever we said that it is because anything other than that. And I feel like, I'm not being honest. I'm not yeah. being honest with the people that are around me. You know, I want them to be here because they want to be here. Well, your, your brand is much more open to that being a reality because those 90 sure. people have like you as a creator. Right. And I think that that's, that's the difference is like figuring out people who, uh, who appreciate your, the creative side of you versus your out, uh, like what you're outputting in one specific, like, um, hobby space, whatever it is, if it's producing what painting miniatures, whatever it is. And so yeah. you will have more people, your, your brand is way more exposed to that type of person because people will be like, yeah, he, yeah, he, he writes records when he feels like it. He, he paints when he feels like it. He streams when he feels like it. He podcasts when he feels like it. People are just all along for the adventure at that point. You've, you've already, it's almost like you pushed your audience so hard that only the real ones stuck around that they're like, right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. They're like, hey, if, if you don't like this by now, you're not going to, which is a good way to like build actually supportive, good loyalty and a solid 
what is actually a community, not just numbers, because that's the difference too, right? Like if you have, you could have a hundred thousand people, but if you post a picture and you get 200 likes, it's like, well, dude, nobody showed up to support you when you asked for it. And it's like, (laughs) you know, so it's just, it's just a number, you know what I mean? Building a community and having a number, two different things entirely. And like your brand is way more set up to have that sort of success to actually follow the 10% kind of guideline that we've talked about a lot. And it's like, this is for anybody, this was just an off topic thing and it's definitely not Bible, but we used to always say like, it should be like, you should see roughly 10% of your following follow you to wherever you want. Like if you go live on Twitch, you should see 10% of your Instagram there, you know? And it's like that will say that you're using Instagram well, and that you've got a good following people who care. They're like, Oh, this person's live right now. I'm curious to see what they're up to. I want to go interact with them and see, see what they're doing. And, um, that, that is, comes from potentially a fan base that's been more tested and has been like, yeah, fuck it. I'm sick around. I don't care what he does. You know, and there's like, (laughs) there's this, um, there's this camera reviewer that I really like. And he's, I saw a comment one time and, um, it just said, I would watch you review a butter knife. And I was like, that is the brand. That's the brand goal is if you could build a brand that people are like, literally do anything, dude, I don't give a shit. And like that. I think is the goal. And I think that that's something so, because this guy's account is tiny as shit. He's got like 3000 subscribers. And it's like, I think oh, wow. that you're, you hit, you hit a lot of growth barriers with that type of mentality, but you build yeah. a more loyal ride or die fan base. And it's like, yeah. you know, which one really wins out in the long term? I have no idea. You know, like my Dude, gut so says weird. the loyal one, but the part of my head that knows how fucked up the business is just says maybe hollow numbers are better financially long-term because you can pull <laughs> better sponsors. And that's really what it comes down to is like, sure, you know, how sure. much money are you getting paid per video? Speaking versus, of which, something wholesome is looking for sponsors. Speaking, yeah, so. please, sponsor us, please. <laughs> Sponsor us, please. Sponsor. Um, Skillshare. We're, we're, we can do it. Yeah. Get in on the something wholesome <laughs> NFTs now. And um, that's right. <laughs> so I don't know. It's really interesting. I would say that I, um, I think that I get more scared of extreme experimentation and pushing my audience so hard because I think I know what's capable of happening. And it's like, it, to a degree, to me, it just does feel like unraveling what you've built. And it's like, sure. I think I just need to find the middle ground that it's like, I, I'm no, I'm not going to unravel everything and, and shredding followers and, you know, taking apart parts of your brand that used to be your identity. It's okay to change some of that over time or to lose some of it. And sure. that, that's just towards that's, you know, <laughs> if that's a, if that's a little hiccup that you have to go through towards your final goal, then that's what you got to go through. And I definitely I mean, struggle like- with that. I could be better at that. <laughs> One of my favorite streamer YouTubers is Northern Lion. If you haven't watched him, he got mm-hmm. famous doing Binding of Isaac. I love Binding of Isaac. It is the only video game that I have over 500 clocked hours into. <laughs> like, like I fucking love that game. And we'll probably be playing the Bind of, Binding of Isaac for the rest of my life just because there's that much stuff to do. And it's always it's one of those roguelike that's always different. That's what it was for him, too. Um, And 
he had to have this like real come to Jesus moment about a year ago, maybe, maybe two years ago now, because like, I think he got up to like a hundred thousand followers on YouTube, which is like, good. That's really respectable. But like he, he was getting ready to buy his first house. He was, you know, getting ready to like start a family with his wife. And he's just like, Isaac isn't paying the bills anymore. So he started streaming on Twitch making videos off of Twitch, doing your hack of like making YouTube videos from, <laughs> from Twitch. And um, while he works six days a week for, but he only works like four hours a day doing that uh, streaming, he, uh, he has had huge growth and I think he'll hit a million subs this year. And uh, he, he is so much happier because he's playing more games that he likes. He's very much into the zone of like, like right now he's learning how to speed run Mario 64. Uh, talk about like a creative shift. Like, like who the fuck is going to sit down and watch people play Mario 64 and learn how to speed run it. I have watched all of his videos and it is stupid. I never thought I would, but he's got a really good sense of humor. He's very realistic and he very much believes uh, the fact that like people are here because they like him. Therefore, they're going to do whatever they're going to follow him into other zones. And he is, you know, uh, you know, pro, you know, 10 times his base almost. And that's and he owns a house. And he has a, a daughter. Now. <laughs> like all these things happened because eight years ago, he started playing the Binding of Isaac on YouTube. <laughs> and now now it's this whole like enterprise of which if he wouldn't have shifted he wouldn't be there, you know? And while he didn't do like, oh, I do Binding of Isaac and photography, which was kind of like the way I handle things, <laughs> like uh, he's still, it's all video game uh, content. He's, I think it's one of those things that the risk was really worth it and branching out was great. And, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled to see where he goes and I don't actually watch his Binding of Isaac videos anymore. Like, it's I, I'm at that point now where I've watched probably a thousand of his Binding of Isaac videos or more. Like, I don't need to watch anymore. Like, I get how he plays Isaac, but I watch everything else. And he puts out a lot more of everything else than he does Binding of Isaac. So I don't know. Uh, okay, so I'm big on telling everybody to shift. What do you do if shifting is not an option? How do you get over your writer's block when you, when that unstoppable force has hit that immovable object, but there is no other way? You were stuck in that ravine, and you have to, you have to get over it. How do you get over it? What do you do? Well, I would say what I've done, which is actually so crazy that we're having this conversation. What I've always done is just start another project, which is like not. It's just like, dude, it's it's so. That's what I've always done, and now I'm like, God, that's so stupid, and like, I, it's like I'm finally starting to see the light of the tunnel, and like, but you know, there certainly is a time and a place to start a different creative venture, try something different, to have multiple handles. There, there definitely is a time and a place, but I think you yeah. just have to be really, really, really understanding of what you're doing, why you're doing it, and really what your goal is with it before you do it. But I would say traditionally, I've been pretty loose with just trying different projects, trying different things, you know, experimenting in, in different buckets. Like, you know, if I hit creative block with ma painting miniatures, like I'll just go take street photos, you know? And like, so I think experimenting with other hobbies and having different passions is probably my advice now, because I would just say, make a different creative venture before this conversation. Sure. And now I'm like, God, sure. that's so stupid. Why would I do that? Um, but, um, 
I think that experimenting with other things that you like and pursuing those passions is a great way because what you like has more to do with each other than you think. And the more you dig into it, I think the more that you see why you like two things at once, why you maybe you're into two separate hobbies that don't feel related, but have this one bridge that bridge makes a lot more sense when you start experimenting with it. Um, and then I would say also sometimes like go down memory lane. Like if you're a person that this is not your creative project, visit old stuff, you know, like, like, do you ever go back and listen to some of the first records you ever wrote? Just, I uh, do a cover of one of my songs in every new project, just because it is one of those that uh, uh, every time I am at that new spot where I'm like, how, how do I do this? Because a lot of times I forget how to write music. Like I know that it's part of my uh, dial, my inner lexicon and the things that I do, but sometimes you just kind of forget how to get in the groove learning something that you did before it's the same way painting you know like paint something that you've done before that feels really comfortable like go back to that old that old standard Mm -hmm. i mean like truthfully like this is what we do in everything you know like oh you're single and you don't know how to get back into with women and you find out an ex-girlfriend is uh single at the same time you know you call that ex-girlfriend just to see how she's doing and maybe like get back in the saddle again we've all done it we all visit the things that we're comfortable with um and i think that uh I, I think that there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Some people would say, don't, don't do what's comfortable. Like go, go do something totally different. I'm like, no, fuck that. Like find the cozy thing because maybe what you are like uncomfortable about right now is the fact that you don't have firm footing in your creative endeavor. Like you you're branched out and you're doing too weird of a painting project. You're, you're doing something that you aren't, you don't feel comfortable with. And sometimes those reps getting back into it, it gives you the confidence to go. Uh, you know, I'm also really big in like, take a break. Yeah. Like hang it up, man, take a shower. I almost always come up with song lyrics when I'm mowing the fucking lawn. <laughs> like totally. like when I'm doing the exact opposite thing, like something that is so not creative, mowing the lawn is not creative. <laughs> but yeah, right. I am having my most creative moments as I'm like vibrating my hands to death. And as I'm going up my scary hill, I'm like, oh yeah, that's a good rhyme. Then I have to like stop and get a pen and write it on my hand. <laughs> yeah. You know, but like I whenever i am at a writer's block scenario like fucking eat a sandwich <laughs> like eat, do, do, do something like really wholesome I, I watch you know fucking labyrinth or something silly yeah. you know like take a break then i come back at it and chances are you'll that stress is gone and you can look at it uh, objectively and have much more fun with it um so do you ever you're saying just take a break do you you can just turn off your creative switch like your your urge to feel like you need to create you can just flip that off for a couple days and come back to stuff fuck yeah really i feel like i can't turn off my creative switch so i feel like i can't do that yeah and so that's why i feel like i bought projects because i feel Mm. like an intense need to learn and create all the time and um, I think that that maybe is 
a part of what gets me and has had me make so many buckets of content over so many years is I, I have an intense desire to create. And I think that that forces me Interesting. because it's, I have, I'm very good at taking breaks from things when I get creative block. Like I can easily just be like, yo, I'm not paying miniatures for two weeks. Very easy for yeah. me to do. But, um, in that two weeks, I will, learn a new hobby, pick up an old one, <laughs> maybe start a new social media brand. Like, and so that can be what I do, but it's like, sure. is that right or wrong to, you know, some of that stuff, whatever. But I, maybe that's a part of, um, just my creativity and, and why I get so many buckets going. And so, and how it can sometimes feel like I just flipped the switch and I'm done with the project. It's like, nah, it's like, well, I'm just maybe pursuing a different creative instead of, I think again, to your point, just pulling it all back together and just being like, yeah, this is in the bucket, you know, because yeah, I just have an intense desire to create like all the time. Sure. And so what I should be doing instead of taking these hiatuses and these breaks and these just like, ugh, with things like, is just experimenting with other things inside of the same bucket. Because I'm yeah. already doing that anyways. It's just how do right. I bring it together? And I so mean, literally every part of your hobby is satisfied by the miniature painting hobby in some way. Photography is there. The film is there. Interaction with uh, 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 an audience is there. Although you've said that like the community building stuff is no longer your focus. Um, you know, for me, the community building is the stuff that is like my favorite like i would yeah. much rather have the community because like here's the thing like i haven't released a hobby time in the murder basement video in almost a year now and uh and i haven't streamed in two months uh, which mm -hmm. like i'm telling you that two month hiatus while i feel it has been one of the greatest breaks in my entire fucking life because like i haven't painted hardly anything in there and i don't even give a shit <laughs> like totally I'm getting caught up on some tv i like dude lost in space was a fantastic series <laughs> and it's great uh i'm reading uh the akira uh manga right now which is fantastic like i love being able to take a step back and like get into that guilty pleasure uh because like i do feel bad not doing something creative but truthfully you can't be on all the time like it 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 is devastating because then you don't have any perspective on what is good and what is the stuff that you like and so i think you start doing way more destructive things for your psyche to chase that that number than like just enjoying the thing that you got into it for you yeah. know like i think that you know musicians kill themselves to write shitty songs for people who don't give a fuck about them all the time and it's hard like i don't give a shit what you say is but a, a stupid fucking pop song is still hard work and no matter what you do you have put extra parts of yourself in it even if you say no it's just i do this thing and it's like no it doesn't mean anything no it means something and the harder you work on something the more it means and so when it doesn't hit it hurts yeah. <laughs> so like taking that time to understand like how to under like navigate a failure and not let that become a block and mm -hmm. just let it become part of the process like failure is part of my daily process i like you'd say like 500 likes on an instagram thing is like not that great <laughs> like 
if I get over a hundred likes on mine, I'm like thrilled. I'm yeah. Like, Holy shit. A hundred people actually clicked totally. on this thing, especially now <laughs> with, with the reels thing. But like, yeah, I don't have that. I don't have that same sort of outlet uh, where, where I can look at it and be like, fuck, I like, look at all these gains. So I have to look at everything I do is like, is this honestly me? And can I be proud of this later on? Because like what, what's going to happen is I look at my, you know, my one model that I've been working on for six months and I'm like, oh, I remember this. I learned so much by this. And then I get the next thing, which is a photo of my cat. And I'm like, oh, he was super cute that day. <laughs> like to me, when I look back on Hobby Time in the Murder Basement in the last you know year and a half of my life, I see, or two years now, <laughs> I see memories and friendships and things that have come through it. Not, not the, the, the number, oh, this didn't do as well as I did because at the end of the day, you know, that, that audience chasing that is so fleeting for me that it, like I said, I would rather have the community that's a part of this <laughs> and to just like joke and laugh and have, have that outlet. And, uh, the numbers be damned. I think people will will follow if you give them something wholesome and that they can hold on to. Yeah. No, I think that's great. That's great advice and, and a lot of stuff that is stuff that I can relate to for sure. So I could dig that. I can dig that. Um, <laughs> I feel like I had probably 30 or 40 minutes worth of ranting about bucketing all your projects and now i'm just like god all, all of that is now irrelevant and i'm like hmm <laughs> Dude, what i think people don't understand about what this podcast is is we're two creatives that have a very different process about how we process what we're doing that we want the same outcome like we we want the same thing i'm not gonna lie I want to be fucking famous as shit for being Heath Aldrich. Right. Like I want, that's what I want my end goal to be. Cause I want people to be like, fuck, that's really cool. I wish I want to give people the option that they can do everything too. you mm -hmm. know, because I think that we do get too caught up into the, the master of one sort of content creation. And I don't think it's fair. I think mm -hmm. it's an unrealistic goal. So I want to show people that they can be more, and maybe you don't hit the biggest numbers, but you can have a great time while doing it. And so you and I, because we process things different, it's like active therapy between the two. <laughs> it's it <laughs> because, but it's, I mean, it's, I think about a lot of stuff after we get done. I'm like, fuck, he said some really good things. Like I've been thinking 80, 20 for the last three weeks. <laughs> yeah. It's, I think it's very interesting because yeah, I think we have a, we, we started at the same place in a lot of places. We end at the same place in a lot of places and we get there differently, but a lot of times we can see each other's path and be like, I get why you do that, which is it sure. always creates a very interesting dialogue. And like, yeah, it sometimes does feel like active therapy because it's just spitballing with somebody like minded and talking through like, Hey, I feel like this about this. How do you feel about that? And it's, it's, interesting to it like expands your mind a little bit and like i'm so such a huge fan of like think tanking period because it's a way to understand more you know and it, yeah. it helps you solidify your own perspective it helps you challenge and question your own perspective it helps you understand other perspectives and like 
if we could just understand other people's perspectives more, the world would be infinitely better. Just saying, Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like, yeah. that's the powerful shit is like opening your brain and being like, I get why you feel like that. I don't, but I get why you do. And like, yeah, that that's massive. And like, that's what I think is so interesting about it is Cause I've always felt like when we talk, we just are like, that's an interesting thing. And like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like some of the stuff too, that you're talking about, like, you know, just, I guess some of the things that you said made me think about like finding happiness to conquer writer's block. And I feel like in yeah. some ways I've been pursuing that and thinking about like, you know, revisiting old projects, nostalgia, anything, you know, like over the last, like, you know, six, nine months, I've really been questioning why am I doing this period? And, yeah. um, no, you, you are definitely not in a crisis, but you are having a question of faith of your process right now <laughs> that it, it like has been really obvious to me for a while. And, uh, and I'm, I'm fucking here for it. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm watching it and I'm excited for you, yeah. even though it might be like really intimidating, uh, for, for you. I think the end result is going to be like absolutely phenomenal because yeah. I think, I think you, you've, you've got the goods and you, I think that you're a few steps away from hitting a stride that makes you something that is more like, active and important in other people's lives. And I, and I think that that's something that you should pursue like pretty fervently. Like, I think that expanding for you is key because I think we all have seen where mini miniature painting content creation goes and this middle class, like there's like the, like 10 people on top, which is, you know, it's just strive for that's amazing. But this middle class gets weird and like protective and like that they, they get too in their own shit and they don't see the fact that they're fighting for like the lowest common denominator. When like the truth is like we could all leapfrog even we are one post away from leapfrogging even the biggest miniature painter mm -hmm. in our hobby mm -hmm. but because we are in a niche hobby totally. we are already shooting ourselves in the foot so like if that is a goal that you want like why can't it be both yeah i think it can be uh, yeah. like one of my one of my favorite uh instagram people who i don't see often anymore and i cannot remember his name at the moment um <laughs> is a cello player i believe it's cello for the Nashville Symphony. I found him through the modular synth world. And so like, it was all modular synth stuff. And then he got a nice DSLR camera and nice HDR photos. He started doing like street photos of Nashville. And I loved watching his shit. Like I like synth porn is great, but you know what else is really cool? the real world that we live in <laughs> so like yeah i found myself getting way more into what he was doing outside of um synthesizers and i i i encourage everybody to like take that time to explore the things that are could you know could be really important to you like i think that it, especially if content creation is something that you want to do don't let your path be your creative block mm -hmm. like don't just don't you won't be happy in the end like yeah peter mckinnon was doing close-up card magic on fucking you know like with a bunch of idiots in california and it wasn't him he is much bigger being a you know 
content creator about photography and nature and all of that. Like, and, mm-hmm. and it's so much more important to more people because he just started being honest with himself. So you could do the same. All of you could. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's what I, in some of the same thought camp have come back to is I got into Warhammer to play the game. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Painting and everything else just <laughs> fucking happened. And <laughs> like, that's where I constantly am finding some of like the, my happiest moments um, in the hobby lately is like revisiting that thought. That's like, you got into Warhammer to play it. Why the fuck haven't you played in three or four months, dude? Like go play, you know? And like, right. when I go play, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And this it's is like, so much good. It's, it's so, so good. Fun. And it's, so it's like, it's just re-exploring and revisiting, you know, like, okay, you know, like, the the world is different than when it was at peak sauce nation days. And I don't have the time to fully focus on community building right now. And so it's not that, you know, the memories yeah. and the people and the friendships that I made with those people aren't important to me. It's just that I have to reprioritize my time to be like, yo, um, love you guys. This was great. I'm going to spend my time doing the couple things that I got into this for right now because I don't have the time for it too many things can't do it all. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, when you get stretched out, so thin, you have to kind of take that step back and be like, you know, how did we get here? And what, what even led to this? And like, I think I keep coming back to like, dude, I just love to play Warhammer. And so like, that's something over the last like four weeks I've been really involved in like growing and working on like, you know, our, our local scene and growing that. And it was a very exciting conversation. Like, again, thinking about like lunch with Mohawk yesterday, I was just telling him all the stuff we're doing for the tournament scene specifically here in Denver, you know, and he's like, bird, like that's cool shit, you know? And it's like, that's what we're focused on, you know, like we're, me and my team are really focused on growing the scene, building turn, like we're building out tournament tables. We now have enough terrain for more tables than we could fit in the shop that we play at because we know our vision. And they're like, they're like, good. These are tournament tables of terrain. There's a lot of terrain. I've been building terrain like, in the back nonstop for like 12 weeks. And like, I, that is our goal. Why aren't you taking fucking photos of that shit? Like, that's the cool shit. Make, (laughs) make a fucking reel out of it, man. That sounds like good, good sauce nation shit that we want to see. Yeah. And so it's like, but those are the things that I keep coming back to is like, you know, I keep coming back to just finding what makes you happy, which is so fucking weird because I feel like if I had to sum up, and I will do it in as close to one sentence as I can. And you could tell me if this is right <laughs> or wrong. If I had to sum up your advice for overcoming creative block, it's just find out what makes you happy. Be honest with yourself about it and then do it. Yeah. Period. Dude, I mean, like, that's it. Like, seriously, that's it in life. That's it in everything. Like, if you're not happy in your job, because being in a job can be a creative block. Like, get a new job like we are in like a very weird stage of our economy and our nation if you're not into what you're doing change it if your boss sucks like be really honest with your boss and be like i love this job and i want to keep on doing this but you are making my life miserable here I mean, make sure that you like have a a backup (laughs) before you have that fucking conversation but like people are ready to have much harder conversations about stuff and the people that aren't aren't worth your your time and your effort and i think this idea of can just doing it because this is what everybody's done before us is a bad model mm-hmm. i think it's a i think that that leads us into places where 
expectations aren't met. And so therefore you aren't happy with, because, uh, you know, like the amount of people in hobby time in the murder basement that said, if I didn't make it in a year, I was going to quit. I can't imagine miniature painting, not being part of my life mm -hmm. and the content creation, you shouldn't be doing the content creation just so you can do your thing. Like the content creation should be like an addition <laughs> to it. Like you should still be doing the thing that makes you happy. So if you're writing music, you should still be writing music. Even if you're not playing shows, like even if you're not releasing albums, you should be doing things that are nurturing you emotionally. And I think we got too far away from it. I think we got chasing too many different things. And honestly, I think 2022 is the year that we all get back to earth. Like we get grounded and we, we realize what's good and what's moving forward and stop hurting ourselves and other people because we aren't hitting what we thought they should be doing. It's mm -hmm. just like, I think that this is the year of grunge, like Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Nirvana, they're all coming back again. Oh my <laughs> like God. The, the days of fancy hair are over and tight spandex pants. We, we're moving into the thing that is much more emotionally, uh, the, the tie is much more emotional and something that is much more universal. And I think that if you aren't ready for that, you're if content creation is part of what you're doing, you're going to miss it. Like, mm -hmm. look at what Eskimo Callboy is doing right now. Yeah. Like, they are having, a, like, a huge explosion with songs like Hypa Hypa and Pump It Better. Like, great, great, really fun songs. But they're also plagued with the fact that they are using the term Eskimo in their name because in, in Germany, it doesn't have the same meaning that it does here in the States and in Canada. And so they're like, how, how do we change our identity in a helpful way? And they're having a really honest conversation on YouTube right now and on Instagram. And I'm just like, I respect the fuck out of this band. And like, I think they're probably dragging it on a little too long. I think we all know that they'll probably just go with the name Callboy because that's a great name too. Yeah. But you know, they want their audience to understand that they're not doing this lightly and that they aren't like the choice of naming this isn't something that they're like not taking seriously. You know, they want people to know that even though this is like a joke band and we're having more fun than you are, we actually like care and we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And that's like, to me, like amazing to see, mm -hmm. like how often do you see a band bring the fans along with a conversation like that? Yeah. Ever. Yeah. And that all happens behind closed doors. They're all like, man, if we offend these people, we can't get into this thing. And it all becomes this weird stat thing. And they're like, no, like we feel bad. We feel bad that we've hurt people's feelings and we mm -hmm. want to understand why. They talked to a fucking professor the other day just to understand the imperialism of the word Eskimo. It was fascinating. Great content. Perfect video for 10 minutes. Give it give yeah. it a shot. It's I'll check it out. <laughs> I'll check it out because I love that band. Dude, so the, oh yeah, my so God. So those are the big takeaways. Just when you hit creative block, just be honest and truthful with yourself and figure out how it all works together. Cause like it yeah. does. And also listen to other people's perspectives and be open-minded to the world because God damn it, we need that. Oh, absolutely. I think it's really, there's so many lessons to be had everywhere that we go in this hobby and life. 
There's so many people who would never think about trying to monetize their hobby. They think that we're fucking insane for giving up the the personal like isolation of what a hobby is and how recharging it is. But as extroverts, and we need to get you a Myers Briggs test. I need to I need to know what your, your personality is. Next episode, t- Next episode personality yeah. tests. Yeah. Uh but like we need constant stimulation <laughs> and that is what content creation is for us but it also means that a lot of the time we end up in blocks <laughs> and, and there's a lot of emotional toll that comes with it so yeah you, know, you just got to be better to yourself through it yeah i mean i would sum up my perspective with three things number one my perspective has changed a lot and it's interesting because these are things that i've been thinking about and and have known but like i feel like it's really just been challenged and is starting to make a lot more sense now um not like challenged like you, like you're sitting here yelling at me, like that this ideology has been slowly challenged recently over several weeks. Um, The other thing is that I think that it still is okay to be a bucket creator. I think you just need to understand the pitfalls. Yeah, for sure. And then um, I, I still would just highly advise people to have a safe space to throw as much shit at the wall as they want and to get as have something have a place that is very safe to experiment in. And if that's inside of your bucket, cool. And if it's not cool, but just think about ways to experiment because that's something that constantly has helped me overcome creative block is like, just try and fucking crazy stuff regardless of the outcome. And um, yeah. so, yeah, that I, that's, that's probably how I'd sum it up, but God damn it. I love to just dig it into your own brand and figuring out how to pursue other stuff inside of it is, is great. Cause that I, I, mean, I know that's a part of my creative block is getting stuck inside of a, a bucket. Yeah. One of, one of my favorite musicians, uh, Nick cave, Nick cave and the bad seeds. Um, he's had a very public creative block, um, and has produced some, it, it's hard to say bad. I personally don't like it. <laughs> I personally am like really not into it. Um, but like his son died uh, a couple years ago, uh, could, took some LSD, fucking fell off the edge of a cliff and died. Just, Horrible. Just totally tragic. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely tragic accident, you know, place that he had been a million times before, slipped and fell. Um, and he, you know, Nick Cave was always this, yeah, he's dark and morose and like everybody's just like, God, he's just got this, like, he's going to write the most dark album because his kid died because like, oh, it's just like, he's like, and so we all got kind of like excited, morbidly excited because all of us were like, oh, you know, the guy who wrote murder ballads is going to like, he's going to take us on an adventure. And he came up with this album called Skeleton Tree, which is um, actually very similar to how I write music now, which is like very stream of consciousness, like like modular synth shit that just kind of like goes and generates. And it's not not super. There's not a lot to hang your hat onto. And uh, and he did like stream of consciousness flow poetry over top of it. And when you n- hear him talk about it, he did a film a couple of years back and I can't remember what it's called, but he talked and he's like, when you go through a trauma like that, uh, you know, cause he would talk about like every day he'd wake up and he'd go right for, you know, it's like 9am, get my coffee. I'm going to be in the studio and I'm going to write for until five. Like it's a job. He goes and he works it and he writes and he writes and he writes and you just sit there and nothing would come out. Like it, it broke him mentally, his son dying. And so what was left was this fragmented, poetry 
that when you actually see it and you understand what it is, it's a devastatingly beautiful album. And you mm. go through it and like when you listen to it, you feel his loss. It's really hard to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> and and so like for that album, you're like, fuck, okay. Like I just went with you on this trip. And and even though I don't want to listen to the album ever again, I now know the story. He then did an album called Ghostine, which is exactly the same thing. And and the second time around, I was like, I am not on board with doing this one more time. This, yeah. this is hard. But for him, it's his new creative outlet. And so I celebrate that. Like and 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 he's getting more fans than ever before. And even though I think the music is worse than it's ever been. Um, so like it's it's one of those aspects that like just because the the it might be different whatever comes out on the other end might be more worth it you know like mm -hmm. sometimes you have to change and so when i when i use that as my sort of guide of like oh i'm in a break like i shift my focus to something else and like i don't i don't run the thing that makes me happy into the ground like i'm just like nope i'm gonna take a minute just take a minute because i i think forcing it will always make you unhappy when you can take that time to get that perspective of what you like to do god that's a great feeling it's so good so like i just be be easier on yourselves people yeah <laughs> you know like yeah this isn't a sprint it's a fucking marathon like for our, like this race is like and nobody's keeping track that's the other thing too like <laughs> there's no judges here you know like you can't be disqualified you just have to like take your time be good to yourself that's that's really all i can say because forcing it is it's just it's just devastating and it leaves you in a place where you're just not happy doing any of it anymore yeah totally dude this has been wholesome as shit a lot a lot in there if you were hoping that i'd say oh you're painting in red too much you should use blue <laughs> that's not the conversation that we just had <laughs> no it is not no, it is not. Um, what are you What are you digging this week? What are you thankful for? What's tight right now? So, like, like I said, I took, I've taken a little bit of a break. Uh, I okay. First off, and we'll talk about this like front of show the next time. I found a new YouTube channel called Trenton and Heath. They're fucking cobblers, and they resole shoes on YouTube. Trenton and Heath. What the fuck? Yeah, what are the odds? <laughs> what are the odds? Dude, I, I I have obsessively watched so many of their videos. Where are they it's based like, out of? I'm I'm guessing Tennessee with for, with their accent. Like, I think just, we should. I think a long goal is to road trip there and shoot something with them, where we have them teach us how to re redo shoes. Oh, I would I I would love that, and I think we should teach them how to paint minis or something <laughs> like i think i think we do we do like the challenge where they, they challenge us to resole a shoe and we t challenge them to to paint like a kill team or something <laughs> Dude, this like has to happen are they a big account or not really Dude, they're like they get millions of views. Oh, I don't it's know. <laughs> it makes me so mad. Like I'm like watching it, and it's like they they are really bad at playing off of each other and talking. Like you can tell they're like really awkward around the camera, and they're I think they're brothers. They they, they oh well, like, that's why. And and I'm just like Trenton and Heath, you bastards. 
how how have you done this and i'm just like <laughs> just it's just their names and like they they cobble shoes so like i've been watching a lot of youtube taking just kind of a break and you know because school's been really hard um but i have been reading the 35th anniversary collection of akira which is fantastic the akira uh, manga so like i highly recommend if you've watched the anime and you've never read the manga there's a really nice box set out with like hardcover books um a new translation they left all the cool original japanese uh sound effects in there so it's less disturbed it's probably its purest form next to like just a japanese you know version of the book man that shit is just beautiful and it's amazing that in like 1982 he was doing level of graphic drawing and animation and world building that like it's unbelievable i've never seen anything like it still it just feels totally unparalleled and i'm just like i am in it i love it it's it feels so good to be back reading it yeah Hell yeah. What about you? What are you into? Dude, the new Pokemon game on Nintendo Switch. But um, <laughs> it's it's deeper. I would say um, the, the coolest thing to me about the new Pokemon game, other than that it's really, really fucking cool, is that I'm playing it with my wife, who pre this had zero exposure to Pokemon. So getting to like watch and hang out with somebody as they like experience Pokemon for the first time is awesome awesome and so like how has she never done it like because she's she's our age and pokemon yeah. was like like universal it wasn't just a boy thing like all girls love pokemon i, I don't know i don't know but um yeah uh, so getting to like it's it's like experiencing it kind of again for the very first time because it's like i'm kind of like sure. explaining and seeing her like understand <laughs> like oh my god they evolve and like oh you can't like and just like the the basics of it that i think that we all understand and appreciate are just like brand new concepts and it's like so cool to like play the game together because it's fucking awesome but to like be able to like kind of re-experience that together is it's cool it's oh, really cool. exciting so yeah but pokemon's just great i know you're not playing video games so it's terrible don't play it it's really good. Dude, Don't play it. I, I really love Pokemon games. And the last one I played was XY. And I had the red one. And I had so much fun doing it. And I, it's just one of those things that, like, I can't I can't go back. It's your black hole. Don't I do it right now. Dude, it is. It's total black hole. I mean, while I'm in school, like, I, I just I can't do that to myself because I will find many excuses not to do school. I will only do Pokemon. It's the, one, the main reason why I didn't do uh, Animal Crossing because, like, dude, those games are just, like, so addictive. <laughs> and you just, like, play them for hours and hours and hours. I got other things I got to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, I'm envious. That's really fucking cool. Being it's able fun. To share that with your wife. Like it's a, like it's that's, exciting. That's so cool. It's an exciting thing to learn together. I would say it's cool. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, well, that brings us to the end of our show. Thank you everybody for hanging out for our rambles. Uh, I know that like episode four, how to get past a writer's block thing it does not bode well for your future of like oh boy are these guys gonna let it go like no we've got lots of ideas and we got lots of things that we can talk about but i will want to throw this out there and it's not something that i ever pushed much with hobby time in the murder basement if you have something that you would like us to talk about an idea 
shoot us a message on Instagram or Facebooks or, you know, hit us up on our, uh, email, our email account, something wholesome podcast at gmail.com. Like talk with us, like, let's have a conversation because, uh, you know, people, people are watching it. Somebody said that we were incorrect about, uh, William Shakespeare and the, the Jack of all trades. As far as I can tell, William Shakespeare did say your quote, but yes, the term Jack of all trades was coined earlier and nobody knows where it came from, but the quote is a Shakespeare quote. Got <laughs> so it. like, Got it. yeah, yeah. Okay. But Thank thanks you. for watching and listen, and we appreciate it. Critical <laughs> like, listening. We're there for it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, talk with us because yeah. like chances yeah. are like we have either done something that you're interested in, I thought about doing something, or have an opinion about it. And we can we can help be your hobby consultants because I think that that is where we're really key at. We can We can stop you from like wasting a bunch of time on something that you don't mm -hmm. want to do. And, you know, we just want to hear from you. Make sure yeah. that you're doing okay. Yeah. So, Drop some comments us. on YouTube for and feed the Algo Beast. The Algo Beast. Yes, yes. Like and all that. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that for right now, things will be popping up everywhere. But eventually, we'll just be in one spot. Something awesome on uh, the streaming uh, and on the YouTubes. And we'll probably just focus on one account. So, yes. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you follow just the something wholesome accounts just in case it does go away on other places yep cool love it Woohoo! Woo! we did it Woo! see you guys <laughs> All right.